Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Over the years, I've seen so many of your guys' photos when it comes to gardening. And probably every second one is, what went wrong? Why did I not get a yield? And really, the answer to this a lot of times comes down to proper thought and steps not being put into those very initial stages. Now, I'm not talking about starting a garden from scratch and forgetting to do the soil properly. I'm actually talking about non-cost methods that you should look at when starting a garden. So in this video, I'm gonna give you my tips on how to start a garden from scratch that will cost you no money, but will make a major difference in the results. Number one is seed starting. So you initially think, if I'm gonna be a gardener, I need to seed start. And I actually want you to save your money. I don't want you to seed start. Now people are gonna tell you that transplants are expensive, but you know what's more expensive? Proper lighting, heat mat, proper trays, potting soil, seed, and then making sure all those seeds are bumped up, taken care of properly, have a fan on them, whatever the case is, that adds up quickly. I would rather you save that two, $300, sometimes more in seed starting equipment and place it in the garden. Transplants are not expensive. I'm sorry, I'm gonna put it out there. You can buy them from Walmart, Home Depot, Canadian Tire, Superstore, wherever. It does not have to be a greenhouse. And generally, end of May, beginning of June, those starts are about 50 cents a buck. Last year, I got 200 tomato plants from independent for $6. So don't tell me that starts are more expensive than seed starting. I just, I'll argue to, I'll argue to the death. Now, with that being said, if you're going to be stubborn, which I am, try winter sowing. I want you to try winter sowing because they're going to give you pre-hardened off seedlings and it's inexpensive. It involves takeout containers and milk jugs, whatever the case is. I'm going to be doing a video on this, but it's not quite yet time for me to do it. So I don't want to waste seed. I will do a video on it though. And ultimately it's a greenhouse effect. You don't need the grow lights. You don't need anything fancy, but it will give you some seed starts to kick off your season with. Next up is planning what you want to grow. So I'm assuming you already know. You want tomatoes, you want peppers, you want onions, you want, I got it. But do you know what variety you want? This is important. You want to choose a wide variety. The biggest mistake I see new gardeners make is they will pick a tomato and that is the tomato, the beefsteak. They will buy one type and they'll buy 10 of them. And then all of a sudden it fails. And then they come to me and they say, why did my beefsteak tomato fail? Well, I could give you a guesstimate on why it could fail, but if you had different varieties, I'd be able to tell you with even more accuracy what exactly went wrong. The reason for this is because different varieties have different tolerances for different scenarios. Different pests affect a different tomato plant, disease, climate even will affect a tomato plant differently. All things being said, if you have a climate that is perfectly designed for an early girl, well, you're going to have really good results. If you have a climate that's less than ideal for a beefsteak tomato, for example, you're not going to see great results. So having a wide variety is going to ensure you get a harvest regardless of the pest that rolls through, the disease that takes out the rest of them, or maybe the climate apocalypse that happens in your garden, because trust me, it will happen. So variety is key. And I don't just mean tomatoes. I mean lettuce varieties, brassica species, legumes. If you choose to grow them, sunflowers, corns, you name it, variety is key. And I want you to go with three. Next up is placement. Now I don't mean placement in the sense that you have to have the right soil and choosing the right area for the soil to be in. That's not what I mean. What I mean by placement is choosing proper sunlight. So do you have shady area or a sunny area? I also mean choosing if it's in a divot or if it has access to water just in general, along with traffic. 
whether that be critter traffic in the form of deer or sparrow or whatever the case is, or human traffic in the form of children or dogs or humans. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The more traffic, the more compacted the soil will become or the more pest issues that may arise. And so because of that, we want to try to put it in a lower traffic area or in some way fence it off to ensure that the soil is not being walked on when it's wet or that pests aren't able to go and munch on your peas like someone said in one of the last videos. This is probably my biggest tip. Know your dates, not your zone. This is so important. The only time your zone matters is when you're picking out a perennial. Say you sit down and you say, I want to grow berries. Then you'll ask yourself, what zone am I in? And you'll make your selection. Now, when it comes to choosing your seeds, transplanting outdoors, the varieties you want, zone doesn't matter. What matters is your date. And the dates in particular I want you to find and write down are your last frost date, your first frost date and how many growing days you have in your area. Now, when I say this, I don't mean your zone. I don't mean what are the last first frost dates and times in your zone. I actually want you to Google geographically where you are, city, town, wherever it is on the map. I want you to Google when is the last frost date for Saskatoon, Calgary, Edmonton, Arkansas. No, Arkansas, does that a, that's a whole state for a Canadian here. But regardless, you want to check that out. This gives you two weeks before and two weeks after where you still might get frost. So you want to watch for this and cover the plants when necessary. You can start your scene two weeks before your last frost date, but you don't want to plant those transplants outdoors until the day of your last frost date or even two weeks after that last frost date. The next thing you want to look out for is the number of growing days in your zone. So a quick Google, once again, how many growing days are in Toronto? We'll tell you exactly how many days you have. I think Toronto, you're 136, 130 something, I think. Let me know in the comments down below. Regardless, you have 130 days to make magic happen. This means you want to pick not just produce, but the varieties that are less than 130 days. If you pick something that's over 130 days, you better start looking at ways to cover it outdoors, start it inside, have a greenhouse, you name it. So all things considered, please check that out. I have really nerdy videos on growing degree days and all that fun stuff. If you want to go look at why that is or the science behind it. Lastly is support. Now, I want you to just take this into consideration as a budgetary item in growing. Things like peas, runner beans, and tomatoes do best when they're supported. When we don't support these plants, we tend to see the, the yields drop pretty drastically. And so because of that, we want to provide the supports whenever possible, whether this be a cage or a string or whatever the case is. So supports, just something to budget for and something to keep in mind when you're choosing varieties. You do, I'd hate for you to pick something that everything needs support in and not grow things that don't need support. So for example, for tomatoes, just fun fact here, you can get determinant varieties or dwarfed varieties of tomatoes that don't need support. So if the budget is to grow tomatoes, but the budget is not to buy supports for tomatoes, that may be your deciding factor. But with this being said, it's not an exhaustive list of things to consider. It's the things I think you need to consider. And it's the things that I believe if you have in place, everything else such as pruning and disease control and fertilizer and soil will all 
all start to slowly fall in place. Let me know in the comments down below what your tips are for beginner gardeners out there because I have a lot of pros on this channel in the comment section. Trust me, they know their stuff and you can definitely lean on them for some advice. So I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.